You're listening to Sincerely Mrs. Mommy, the podcast, an extension of my mom lifestyle blog dedicated to sharing tips, advice, and inspirational stories for and by the modern mom. I just want to see you win in every role you lead. So come on, girl, get comfortable and keep listening. This episode's for you. Hey everyone, I'm Desiree Ofori, your host and founder of Sincerely Mrs. Mommy. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back. So this is take two of episode number 16, Nine Lessons I've Learned About Marriage. A couple of weeks ago, this episode went live. However, I ran into a lot of... um, editorial issues, we'll say. (laughs) And I decided to take it down because I just was like, no, this cannot be out in the world like this. We got to take this down and start over. So, you know, God started over when he, you know, flooded the earth and I'm starting over (laughs) with this episode, not as major, but I just had to start over. And hopefully this time around, it will be even better than the last time. So if you listened the last time, there may be some new things that I say that you didn't hear. So keep listening. Definitely share this out with your friends. If you are listening on iTunes, please, 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 please rate and review this podcast so that it will pop up in the algorithms and in their ratings to um, other people who can come across this and it can be a blessing to their life as well. All right, so let's get right into it. Nine lessons I've learned about marriage. Lesson number one, your marriage is yours. Create your own traditions. So everybody has grown up with either parents or some type of caregiver. You may not or may have grown up in a household where you've seen marriage work. You may have seen it come from other people around you, like your friends, or you've also seen it on TV. And it's easy for us to get in our mind like, This is what marriage looks like because of what other people's experiences have been exposed to us. However, we have to work with what's best for our home. You are two different individuals with two different backgrounds, two different personalities, and also have different strengths and weaknesses that those other relationships can't factor in. So when I talk about traditions, I'm talking about like household responsibilities, the quote unquote simple things like who's going to be in charge of cooking. Laundry, grocery shopping, handling the finances. Are these things that you're going to be handling together or is somebody else better at, say, laundry and actually getting it done than the other person? Or is someone going to be more of the primary caregiver for the kids? Um, Are you going to be a stay-at-home dad? Are you going to be a stay-at-home mom? Or, you know, is your work-life balance a little bit off so you need to be able to do certain you'll be able to do certain things outside of the home but you won't be able to do it inside of the home so those are different things that I'm talking about and you don't have to sit down and jot down a you know a list of like okay this is what this is your chore this is your responsibility but just having that calm relaxed conversation where you guys can be realistic with each other with what your expectations are and if you can meet those expectations that is going to help you in the long run because you will avoid having those situations where you are feeling regret or resentment for taking on or that the other person is not doing what you expected them to do, especially if they never said that they were going to to do it. You just assumed assumptions. You know what they say makes say blank out of you and me. So (laughs) instead of getting to that point, have that conversation with your spouse and different seasons call for different responsibilities. 
sure, they say marriage is 50-50, but there are certain times where you might not be able to do as much as your spouse because of health conditions, maybe because of a job loss or um, because of whatever reason it could be. You have to be able to flex with each other. But when you are getting ready to flex, definitely have that conversation and decide what is for you guys. So lesson number one, your marriage is yours. Create your own traditions. Lesson number two, accountability. Ooh, that's a hard one for me. <laughs> accountability is good, but consider the source. Who wants to see you win? It's very common for people to say, oh, don't tell anybody about your, your relationship. Keep them out. Keep it you know, on lock. Keep it shut down. Don't tell family, especially family, because if you and your spouse are going through something and you guys have processed it and worked it through and you've moved on, your family might not be able to move on because they're rooting for you. They're on your side or maybe they're rooting for your spouse. They're on your spouse's side and you don't want to run into that. But I truly believe and I have seen it firsthand how accountability is so helpful um, we have a couple of friends. We call it the Lugat. We call ourselves Lugatos. We've made it up out of our last names. And we are accountable to each other. We share like what we're going through, our struggles, our highs, our lows. And sometimes we don't really get, you know, detailed. You don't have to get detailed. But just to know that you have somebody rooting for you and who is going to be like, you know, I'm praying for you. I'm supporting you. Like whatever that you need to do, whatever is best for the both of you, not just for you, but for the both of you. That is so important and is so valuable. So accountability is good, but consider the source. Who wants to see you win? Number three, make time for fun. It's so easy to get you know, in the routine of life and all the stressors, the bills, the work, the different relationships outside of uh, your home, just all kinds of things can just make life seem so like drawn out and difficult. But when you can bring in some fun, some fun date nights or date activities, even if you don't have the funds to go out and have like a formal date Doing things at home like having game day or having a game night or making up some kind of silly challenge around the house. Play hide and seek. Go, go, go back to like your childhood <laughs> and play, you know, fun things. You just never know. That fun can breathe such a fresh air in your relationship, especially if you're going through a really hard time. Sometimes just being able to let your hair down, or if you don't have hair, take your hat off, and, <laughs> uh, and, and just loosen up will help bring some lightness into your home. And once you've lightened up and you have that fresh air, you're able to tackle on, you know, go back and tackle those hard situations, those hard um, experiences together because you had a break from it. If we just keep going, going, going when it's hard, 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 and we don't take a break to like give our minds and our relationships to just breathe and relax, that stress is going to just keep piling up and it can be damaging to your relationship. So number three, make time for fun. Lesson number four, affirm each other's strengths and lovingly build each other up in the weak parts. You wouldn't like it if your spouse keeps telling you, oh, you're so you're not good at this. You're not good at that. Oh, I wish you would do this. I wish you would do that. And you don't want to do that to your spouse as well. What you want to do is big them up, like gas them up, let them know like, babe, you're really good at such and such. You're really good at this and that. And I really appreciate that about you. And if there are some weaknesses that they have that they possess that they may be struggling in, you know, don't go at it as 
you need to be doing this or you could be doing this better and trying to, you know, control them, but come in from a supportive, loving angle. Like, how can I support you in this? I see that you may be struggling in this area or this may not be able to get done because of whatever reasons. Like, how can I help you? If you offer yourself as an assistant to them, allowing them to still be lead, but to come as a support, things, it will go by so much easier. And just think of it, how would you want it to come to you if there was something that you were challenged with and you needed help with? Would you really want somebody to just take it over or would you want to come, them to come to you as a support? So again, number four, affirm each other's strengths, lovingly build each other up in the weak parts. Number five, Invest in each other's ideas, dreams, and ambitions. If your spouse wants to go back to school, if they want to try a new job opportunity, if they have an idea for an invention or something that they want to create, they may not have that support outside. You should be their biggest cheerleader. You should be their biggest supporter. Nobody should be cheering louder than you for your spouse than you. And so investing in each other's ideas and dreams, even if you don't get quote unquote get it or understand it, just knowing that you support them and that you're like, hey, I'm, I don't may not get it, I may not understand it, but I'm here for you. What do you need me to do? How can I support you? How can I help you accomplish this dream, this goal, this vision that you have? What can what do we need to do together to make this happen for you? And it's some I've seen it difficult where it's been like a one sided street where it's like you they're giving, giving, giving and you don't get anything back in return. Well, you can speak up and say, hey, this is what I want to do. I could use your support in this way. Sometimes our spouses want to help us, but they have no idea how to. But if we let them know and let them in, it would make so much. It would make for such a better experience of achieving our goals and our dreams because we're working together as a team instead of individually separately trying to put our heads down and figure it out on our own. You may be surprised your spouse might have some insight on some things that you may not have thought of just because they're on the outside looking in. So allow your spouse to help and help your spouse. Number five, invest in each other's ideas, dreams, and ambitions. Lesson number six, speak up for and about each other. Again, be the biggest cheerleader. Like as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh, I need to do a better job at this because my 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 husband is like bomb. He's so good at like supporting and bigging me up and, you know, networking for me. But when it comes to me, I could definitely do a lot better at it. So I'm I'm speaking to the choir. I'm not speaking at y'all. I'm, I'm with y'all on this. <laughs> but speaking up for and about them makes such a difference, not just in like, for your spouse's ego or for their, you know, self-awareness or their confidence, but for showing yourself like, this is how much I love them. This is why I love them. And even if it's things that people are talking about that may have some truth to it, you, you, you may, if you want to, you know, say, yeah, this may be true, but they are also doing this, but they are all like, Pull back, you know, switch it around, turn it around, turn around the conversation and speak on their strengths, speak on the things that they are good at, um, what they have going for them. Speak on that. Be their biggest cheerleader. So again, number six, speak up for and about each other. Number seven, focus on how to improve your marriage by improving yourself first. It's so easy to point the figure, finger. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. You could be doing better at this. You could be doing better at that. But what about yourself? What is it like to be married to you? I'm pausing for effect. <laughs> I mean, you to think about it. Because a lot of us don't think about that. We think about everybody else but 
ourselves, like internally, do some internal work. What is it that I need to change? And the, is the way that I'm acting causing them to react or respond in a certain way? And no, you cannot, you know, control how somebody else reacts, but you can have um, some influence on how they're reacting. If you are, you know, being rude, if you're being, you know, short, if you're not being considerate, if you are um, just not being, you know, just th taking their, you know, idea, taking their, you know, their thoughts into consideration, their well-being into consideration. If it's all about you, 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 and what they, 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 they are not doing, but you're not working on fixing yourself, like what good is that for the marriage? Something else I heard recently on a podcast was that they were saying we can work so much on ourselves, our own self-development that we forget to work on the relationship as a whole. And so... Something that we, me and Sam, liked to do, um, we don't do it as often, but we used to do, like, in the first years, we used to, like, every three months would just, like, come, it was a safe space, and we would say, okay, in the last couple of months, like, I really appreciate this about you, what you've been doing, but I could use you to, I could use more help if you would do this or that, or this is something that I've noticed that, you know, if you could change that, blah, 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 and it was vice versa, so it even though we were, you know, letting each other know, like, this is what I need you to work on. We were also listening and absorbing what the other person was saying that we need to work on. And then we would go and work on it ourselves so that we can better the relationship. So it's, it's, you know, it's a two way street. You got to do right. You got to do right by your spouse and they've got to do right by you. But if you work on yourselves and work on yourselves together, also, it can make for a, such a beautiful relationship. So number seven, focus on how to improve your marriage by improving yourself first. Lesson number eight, do something unexpected for your spouse. So like I said earlier, sometimes life can just be mundane. You're just going into the routine. You wake up, you get ready, you go to work, you, you work, you come home, you feed the kids, you make dinner, you go to bed. And then you just repeat the same thing over and over again. It's nice to have something unexpected, spontaneous happen where either somebody who's usually the cook, um, the other person like, oh, you know, I've got it tonight or I got a babysitter for the kids so we could go out. Or I'm going to, you know, help you with this or even love notes. I did a series on the blog called the 14 day love note challenge where I wrote, a, uh, I had a different prompts and you can go to the blog, sincerelymrsmommy.com and find it. And it has a prompt for every day. And every day I would put that card in different places in the, in where my husband would find them. So like in his area, in the bathroom, in his closet, near his bed, in his car, different areas where I knew that he would find them. And it was unexpected because he never knew when they were going to come or where they were going to show up or what was going to be on it. And so something unexpected like that was really nice for him. And I'm not just saying that. He said that he liked it. He really did enjoy it. So and I do it from time to time. So something unexpected like that or whatever you can come up with really makes a difference because it kind of jerks you out of the routine and the mundane and not even just for your spouse, but it feels good for you because you're giving back to them and you're doing something special for them. So number eight, do something unexpected for your spouse. Lesson number nine, 
keep God at the top and center. There have been so many times where I have had situations that I know that if I come to my husband and talk to him about this, I'm not going to say it the right way. I'm not going to say it in a loving way. I'm not going to say it in a way that he can understand or I have said it before or I've tried to imply <laughs> and um, just was like, wow, can he just get this or could he just do this or I just really need this or that. And when I go to God and I pray and I say, God, like, help me to like portray this to him or let him hear something or bring somebody to him. Let it come before him, like speak on my behalf, Lord, um, to him about this issue. I literally will see God start moving and see things change in him. He will start slowly but surely making changes and doing things that I never, ever had to speak to him about. But because I put God at the top and center and because I told God about it. He handled it for me. And sometimes I feel like, well, maybe I'm just overreacting and God will speak to me too and show me like you're overreacting about this. Or again, like there's something that you need to work on to make this better. And so I just appreciate having God at the top and center of our relationship, praying together as a family. If you can have devotionals together, share with each other, like what God has put on your heart, what you're thinking about and go to God in prayer for each other. You got to pray for your spouse because there's all kinds of craziness that's going on in this world that they may be experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis that they may not tell you. Yeah, you want your, your spouse to be your best friend and to know everything, but there are some things that they're just not going to tell you. And there are some things that you're just not going to tell your spouse that you just don't feel comfortable with for whatever reason. And so being able to go to God and say, God, this is what I'm going to, and being able to have him as your accountability partner also in your relationship where it's not just about you and you trying to figure this out on your own, but being able to lean on God, it just makes such a difference. I don't know how people do it without him, but I tell you what, even though marriage is difficult and it's a day in and day out decision, it's a lot easier when you know that you have the accountability and you have the creator of marriage to depend on, to lean on, to talk to, and to see, um, see things happen and change that only God could do happen because you put God at the top and center. So again, number nine, keep God at the top and center of your relationship. And the bonus, just simply choose to be kind and love each other daily when you feel like it and when you don't. You know, there are times when you just are having a bad day, you're having a bad week, you're having a bad month, you're just having a bad season of life. And it's easier to be short and rude to those closest to us than it is to be to others who are not as close to us. I guess because we feel like we, it's safe because we don't feel like they would leave us or judge us or, you know, get rid of us because of how they know us. And we just feel like, oh, they should know my heart. They should know how I feel. And that I don't really mean this thing that I said, or I don't really mean to act like that towards them. Like you, if they're like a safe place for you to act that way with. But when you're acting like that towards them, you're letting your guard down in a way that you are just lashing out on them and just like giving them your worst. That is just not fair at all. And you've got to make it a conscious decision to love each other, to be kind. You're not always going to feel like lovey-dovey. You're not always going to feel butterflies you may be like I am just so annoyed by you right now like can you just go <laughs> but find ways kind ways to communicate that to your spouse and let them know like hey this is what I'm feeling and I'm trying to do my best and if you are rude if you are disrespectful if you do do something that is not like in your best character don't be afraid don't be ashamed to like 
go to them and apologize and say, you know what, I was a real, you know, butthole about this thing or I shouldn't have come at you like that. I'm really sorry about that and I'm gonna, and I'm going to do better. I'm going to try to do better. Like, help me. I could use some help. So, you know, just simply choose to be kind and love each other daily when you feel it and when you don't because there's going to be a day when you need it and you're going to want to be able to be that example, that golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So be kind to your spouse. So that's it for the nine lessons I learned plus the bonus. Stay tuned because in episode 17, I'm going to be sharing my most popular blog post ever my um, prayers for the broken marriage. It's written down so you can go onto the blog, SincerelyMrsMommy.com and read it. But if you want to hear me pray it, definitely stay tuned for that in episode 17. I thank you guys so much for listening. Share this with your friends if this was helpful. If you want to see the list, um, you can go onto SincerelyMrsMommy.com. The blog post is live for that Episode 16, Nine Lessons I've Learned About Marriage. You can see all of these lessons outlined um, and you could take your notes and screenshot it and save it and keep it in memory for yourself. So thank you for watching. If you are listening on iTunes, please, please, please rate and review the podcast so that others can come across it and find it. And again, share it on social media, share it via text, email, however you got to get it out, share it for me. I really appreciate you guys. Have a blessed one. See you on the next one. Bye.